everybody. Welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast for come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Baltador. As you can tell by the tone of voice, we are very clearly happy to be doing this episode. Um, it was a loss up against Oklahoma State. I don't want to belabor the point. Uh, it was an embarrassing loss, and just about everything that could have possibly went wrong did. Uh, Will then have a good day. There were a lot of times when effort seemed extraordinarily lacking. Uh, there was a lot of times when the play calling offensively looked extremely lacking. And uh, Connor had, took note before the episode that I have a little mini notepad. Uh, I would consider it a small miracle if I went through this episode not uh, and didn't break the good noodle streak of not saying any no-no words. Um, I would be very surprised if that happens. But... Yeah, that's uh, I think that's just kind of the over the top for the episode, unless you have something to add, Connor. Um, no, not really. I don't think so. I think you covered it pretty well. Yeah, I, I also will say that this is. I think that this is probably the worst K State performance that we've seen since twenty twenty one Texas. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Uh, and that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um. You know, credit to Oklahoma State. I still don't think that they're. I still don't think that they're this amazing squad. In fact, I, a lot of what we saw kind of confirmed what we saw on film before. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a situation where we just overlooked Oklahoma State. Maybe we bought into our own hype a little bit too much. Uh, maybe we got careless. Who's to say what actually happened? We're not in the locker room. But. Uh, nevertheless, it was a loss that, you know, you look at the score, 29-21, you know, that's not great, but you think, oh, well, well, that's that was a close game. The score makes it look a lot closer than it actually was. Um, so with that, we're just going to move straight into game day grades, where we go through every single position group, giving them a grade from A+. <laughs> Ambitious this week to uh, F or F minus F meaning they nearly single-handedly lost us the game. Um, we're actually going to flip up the script a little bit this week and we're going to start with coordinators. Um, do you want to start with the DC or OC? Well, it depends on how, how negative do you want to start this with? Um, maybe we should start with defensive coordinator. Okay. I, I agree. Um, Klanerman didn't have the greatest day in the world in the first half. But in the second half, I feel like he really called the defense that clamped down. Unfortunately, 98% of the first half is, well, obviously they scored 20 points in the first half. Granted, seven of those were based off of a pick six from Will. We'll get there. But, you know, allowing 13 points, you think on paper that's a day that that you would allow. Um, But... It was just not a very inspiring performance against an offense that sputtered against considerably worse schools than us. I ended up giving Klanerman a, a C- because I, I think this was a below-average performance for him. Yeah, I give a pretty similar grade. I gave him a C. Um, I, I don't know what made me give him the push to what I guess is technically an average grade, although I think our our average based on how we grade is probably more like a C plus or B minus. Yeah. Uh, we technically grade on a curve most of the time. That is true. We do generally do that. So, 
Klanerman was largely okay. Uh, all things considered, the defensive backs, I think he did a solid job with them, given some of the limitations there this week. But uh, otherwise, it was pedestrian at best uh, um, in the aggregate. Um, definitely better in the second half uh, than in the first, which has kind of been a common theme um, going down to Stillwater the last few years. Uh, seems like the defense really struggles in the first half particularly, uh, but we adjust well. And we adjusted decently this game. Uh, the Oklahoma State also switched up their attack pretty significantly in the second half as well. So it was I, purely rushing. Yeah. So I ended up giving Kleinerman a C. It was just eh. All right. Colin Klein. I remember opening the Tulane episode last year saying that I'm going to be mean, brutally and honestly mean, in a way that only someone with love in their heart can be. Um, this is another game where I, Colin Klein got totally not only outmatched, but it made him look stupid. Um, which shouldn't happen with a first-year DC coming up from the D2 ranks. I know, I know Gundy's notoriously good at hiring coordinators from lower levels, but uh, a lot of going into what this game, I'm choosing to be mellow because the alternative is a lot of anger. Um, a lot of what came down to him getting an F minus for me, which is the second F minus I've ever given out. I think you've given out one uh, before, and I think it was Courtney Messingham 21. But... A lot of it was he refused to adjust. He was being stubborn with his play calls. So, for example, you had times when the run was working a little bit, and then we'd go away from the run in order to run more intermediate deep passes that just weren't there or Will wasn't reading them properly or uh, people were giving up on their routes. We'll get there, too. Um, but just the complete and utter just boneheaded refusal to implement any sort of of quick game to to the offense just upsets me so much more than anything else that happened during this game because if we if we literally gank Oklahoma State's game plan of RPO short passes we probably win this game by 30 but it's just the complete and utter stubborn refusal to adjust to what the defense was doing, refusing to run nearly any screens on a defense that was playing 10, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, refusing to run any hitches, trying to get the playmakers the ball in space. And in the rare occasions where we did implement any quick games, there were people that would just straight up give up on the route. So oh, I think that you can pin this loss entirely on the offense. And I think a lot of that blame rests with Colin Klein for a complete for basically getting pantsed on national television as well as just refusing to adjust. Yeah, I gave Colin Klein an F. A really, really, really uninspiring uh, play calling. I would say his worst probably of his career. Oh, no, it is. It beats yeah. Tulane. Yeah, that was the only game that really compares, and I think a lot of that, honestly, was on Adrian checking out of a lot of play calls. Uh, but this was pretty bad from Colin Klein. 
I'm not sure what made him so stubborn to adjust in this game because uh, we have seen him be willing to adjust and be flexible a lot in the past. That That's what makes it even more inexplicable and inexcusable that he wouldn't be able to adjust uh, in this particular game because he knew what things weren't working and what things weren't working and he didn't really seem to want to go away from what he had been doing. And I... I, I don't really get it. I'm not going to get too much more into it because we've seen Colin Klein be a lot better uh, than he was uh, on Friday against Oklahoma State. So he got, he got an F. Yep. Now we get to move into the other controversial topic, which is the quarterback. Uh, let me preface this by saying that Will had an atrocious game. Uh, I think you could argue that this was probably the worst games of Will's career, uh, at least in terms of opportunities quite literally thrown away, um, which hurts a lot, uh, especially given the amount of growth that Will showed last year and how he sort of, I'm not even going to say regressed to the mean because I think that he still is slightly above average. He just had, he just picked a really bad game to have the biggest game of his career. Um, but that being said, I say that it's the worst game of his career. Uh, he's earned an F. Um, I'll preface this by saying I don't think Avery should have come in. I don't think there is a situation where Avery necessarily does better unless we're going to basically just embrace the running, like, read option game. Um, Because I don't think... uh, If Will isn't making those reads, I don't think Avery is able to make those reads. That being said, speaking of making reads, uh, Will's playing himself too fast again. It's like watching him in his sophomore season once again where he's not looking at things and he's not taking them in. Uh, He's trying to move himself too quickly, and he thinks, like, he's trying to snap the ball with 15, 20 seconds left on the play clock when he really, like, you could do with 10, take those extra five seconds, sort of diagnose what's happening. And it's been a problem all year. Uh, Oklahoma State just abused that fact. Um, So, yeah, Will had a terrible game outside of a very long run. Uh, Will knows that. I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm also not going to rehash the the Oklahoma State rant where people were uh, were calling for for Will to like turn into a tight end or something. Because I I still think those people are really stupid. Um, but yeah, Will had the worst game of his K State career, and I don't think there's any any avoiding that. But that doesn't mean that another quarterback should have been in his place. Yep, and I love Will. I continue to think he should be the starter. And I think that the discourse about Will as a quarterback has been reactionary, short-sighted, and absolutely nuts. I think there's no justification or no basis in reality for what a lot of people have been saying about Will uh, online. And it makes me extremely happy that most of you will never coach a down of football. <laughs> because some of the things I've, I've seen over this weekend have been absolutely nuts. And I'm not saying this to say that he played well. Because he was awful. This was probably his worst game since his freshman year against West Virginia. That, that was a pretty awful game. Be that as it may, that does not mean that... He is the worst quarterback in Division One, which I saw someone say. 
this does not mean that he should have his scholarship revoked, which you, A, cannot do legally, <laughs> and B, <laughs> is also not something that should, be, that should happen anyways. Uh, we, should, we should not bench him for the rest of the year for Avery yet. If he, can, if he has like another game like this, then we'll talk. But this was an outlier even for this year. Uh, people saying that Will has been bad all year, again, that's just not true. I've seen some people starting to mention turnover-worthy plays and how he should have more than four picks. If that's the case, that should have been the argument last year. Yep. Because he did have a lot of turnover-worthy throws last year because he's inherently a risk-taker. He's an aggressive quarterback. And they're, they're kind of straw man arguments. I've seen a lot of people generally just have some really nasty things to say and i get it because he was awful but the same the same energy is not being given for when he does something good and it's getting back to how we treated him freshman and sophomore year which is only call out the bad never say anything about the good and he definitely deserves all the uh bad press that he's getting right now because he he was horrible in this game. He was absolutely awful. And there's no getting around that. Even though he did have at times some issues that weren't necessarily his fault. That doesn't take away from him getting an F still. You know, this F grade is independent of others' mistakes, which there were plenty of. But I I really don't get how we went so quickly from being in a fairly positive way as a fan base to not only calling for Will as a player to be gone, but some people calling to fire the entire staff. At the end of the day, we we were playing the same quarterback that last year was probably the reason we took the next step and won a Big 12 title. And we're calling for a staff that, just a year ago, won a Big 12 title and is largely the same staff. I... There, there are some really crazy things being said on social media, which is why it exists. It's there for people to say really crazy things. But I am on my knees pleading the K-State fan base to take a step back and take a deep breath. And if this continues, then we'll talk. If it continues, the long-term backup should be Rubley, not Avery. We can talk about that, but... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a debate for another day. But... Uh, I, I just... I have incited anger in someone by saying that. Yeah, but... There there was some overly reactionary stuff being said about the staff and about Will from one game. And absolutely there needs to be improvements made. But at the end of the day... I think people were too quick and maybe too eager to get back to hating Will because they were so used to hating him. And I think we need to really take a step back and understand that quarterbacks go through ebbs and flows. And a lot of the reason for us being so mad at Will right now is probably that also partially because of us, we overhyped him coming into this year. I mean, there was... a pretty sizable chunk of the fan base I would say majority that truly thought that he had the ability to contend for a Heisman and that ship has obviously sailed (laughs) and 
it's obvious that was a gross overreaction. Yeah. And at the same time, we can still take this loss and understand that we can still have a good season. We had some bad losses last year, and we won a Big 12 title. We dropped a game to TCU we shouldn't have. We largely got completely destroyed by Texas. We lost a game to a Tulane team that ended up being good. But we still shouldn't have lost. But we still shouldn't have lost the game. You know, we can. There's still good things that can come from this year. I mean, technically, we still could make the Big 12 championship if we went out. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And there's something to be said for this team seems to operate really well. Uh, back against the wall. Yeah, they're back against the wall. There, there's a lot to be said about this team in uh, situations where the odds are not uh, in their favor. But when it comes to Will, I, I, I really... It's been a little upsetting to see just how quickly everybody was willing to turn their back on someone that led us to a Big 12 title not even a year ago. And it's been... We've played, what, six games since that happened? Yeah. Sugar, since, Sugar Bowl since, uh, plus five this year. There's been six football games played, and we've managed to go from Will being a hero of K-State football to a pariah that people are claiming was never good. And those two things can't exist at the same time. And I normally try not to be absolutist, but I truly don't think that those two attitudes can reasonably and logically exist together it's an evil stupid world out there connor yeah it's an evil stupid world out there we can absolutely acknowledge in these few things and accept that they can all be true and it's that will had a bad game will should probably continue to be the starter avery johnson should be seeing the field more those three things can absolutely continue to exist as we understand football right now and if Will continues to play this badly, then yeah, we should probably bench him. But he's not been playing that badly in the other four games we've played. Even in our loss to Missouri, he had a fairly solid game for the most part. Yeah, and against a really damn good defense. Yeah, against a Mizzou team that only just now has lost their first game. And it was in a back-and-forth game with LSU, who's a super talented team. And... We should also remember that this year college football has been really, really weird. Yeah, it's been a really strange year for college football. So, for now, I'm going to hold judgment and not really lose my mind because it was a bad game. It was an awful game, but I am not going to sit here and hurl things at will that I think shouldn't have ever been hurled at him, but definitely haven't deserved to be thrown his way for a while. I get why people are going to knee-jerk to bringing in Avery, but that's not how quarterback play always works. Now, it might sometimes, if you have like a Trevor Lawrence, if Avery happens to be completely ready already, then that's great. I sincerely doubt it, but if it is, cool. Yeah, We as fans don't know enough about Avery. And in some ways, he's absolutely ready in his ability to run the ball. And he still looks bored running the ball. <laughs> yeah, he does, because he's just so much faster than everyone. And throwing the ball, he probably has a little bit of work to do still. But again, we don't know. 
I think the only work you'd have to do is mental. Sorry to keep interrupting. No, it's okay. And at the end of the day, we know the staff decided to go with Will still over Avery. And generally, I believe in their ability to identify talent and figure out who's good and who isn't. So this has been a long, rambling way of saying Will still had a really, really, really bad game. But that some of the stuff that's been being said about Will is a little ambitious. And I think we should take a step back. Luckily, the rest of these grades are actually pretty simple. Uh, I could rapid fire my grades, honestly, because each one is only like a sentence. But uh, running backs, I gave them a D. It's not like they had much opportunity to do much of anything. Uh, The only detracting things is actually, you know what, D is a little harsh. I'll give them like I'll give them a C minus because with when they were given any opportunities they weren't that bad. Um, you'd ideally want DJ to catch those fastballs, but because we know he's a good receiver, but Will should probably put it on his body as well. But eh, C minus. Yeah, I give him a C. They didn't have a ton of opportunities. Trayshawn we didn't see a ton of. I imagine he's getting worked back in slowly, but they were fine. They weren't incredible. They were just fine. Yeah. Uh, receivers they. Golly. Um, so uh, I knew that the receivers were going to get an F the moment Phil just kind of gave up on a lead read uh, that would have sprung well at least for an easy first down, maybe even a touchdown. I knew that they were going to get an F, and like they could have gotten 100 yards for the rest of the game. I still would have failed them. Oh, uh, they didn't. Um, the receivers have been really bad, like horrendously bad. Uh, they can't, they're not separating. Uh, in the rare opportunities that they're given contested catch situations, they're not coming down with it. Uh, I don't want to pile on RJ, but RJ especially has been really bad, which is such a shame because, you know, he's been a, an Alley Cat fan favorite for such a long time. Uh, Keegan Johnson may not f-ing exist. Uh, he may not, he may not be real. Um, like he, sh- he straight up may be a figment of my imagination, but, um, you know, receivers are bad to get enough. Yeah, I gave him an F as well. Uh, again, RJ had the huge game to start the year and has since really just kind of disappeared. Uh, Jaden Jackson did nothing this game. Uh, Keegan showed up in the fourth quarter and that was it. And when he had the ball in his hands, he looked good. But that was the issue. We only <laughs> got the ball twice. Yep. Uh, Phil giving up multiple times on plays, on blocking assignments... I've seen some people on Twitter saying they think it's a miscommunication. I don't think it was. I think it was just Phil being lazy. And if it was any miscommunication, it was Phil not knowing that it was a read and not a give. And so Phil missing not only his first locking assignment on that play, but his second one, and then not even trying to get back to the second one, just running upfield and letting Will get tackled in an open space. And... That was just awful. They they just weren't trying, the receivers. Uh, they get an F, and I think in the grand scheme of things, they were just as bad as Will and just as complicit in the uh, uh, malaise of the offense. So they, they also get an F. Uh, tight ends, fullbacks, I'm disappointed. Uh, Garrett Oakley probably should have come down with the pass that he got. It wasn't targeting. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't think it was targeting. 
you could argue that Will should have put the ball lower, uh, but it's still a catch you got to make even if you're younger. Uh, ben Sinnott allowing himself to get bullied for the third pick of the game. I think that was that was heartbreaking for me because I'm so used to Ben Sinnott being that bully. Um, you could make an argument that the entire offense looked terrible um, because they did, and some of it came down to effort, but Ben Sinnott letting himself get bullied really sticks out to me on that last interception. It was a late throw, but there's no reason why it should have been a pick. Um, I still ended up giving them a D plus because they blocked well enough. Ben Sinnott still, I think te- technically Ben Sinnott still graded out pretty well. Yeah, he, he graded average um, on PFF. I haven't even bothered looking at the rest of the PFF grades. Uh, there's <laughs> there's not a lot to like here, but yeah, D plus. I give them a C minus pretty much exclusively for blocking. Yeah, Ben had a receiving touchdown. Uh, had a few other catches that were decent, but yeah, I come back to him giving up on at least one route. Uh, then that pick, uh, that was pretty bad on his part to at least not make an effort to uh, basically be on offense playing defense. He just kind of stood around and watched it happen, which I think kind of sums up a lot of the offense, is standing around and watching something bad happen, or being complicit at least in letting something bad happen. It was a really rough game uh, for the tight ends. And Oakley, I was so excited that we were getting him the ball. I, I've, I've talked to you a lot about this weekend, Ace. I really want to get Oakley the ball on something behind the line of scrimmage with blockers out in front of them. I, I'd love a tight end screen or something like that uh, to Oakley because it's clear he's super athletic, which we knew, we already knew about him. He moves so well in space and is just so fluid as an athlete. We need to get him the ball, and I'm glad. That's one of the very few good parts of the offense is that we did make that concerted effort to get him the ball down the seam, which I really like. But we only tried it once, and we didn't really make other efforts to get the ball to Oakley, which I hope we continue to try because I think Garrett Oakley just has the potential to be such a great tight end for us. But, they, yeah, they did actually block kind of decently. They were arguably the best blockers on the night, which I guess transitions well into our next uh, position group. Oh, they get an F2. It's the offensive line. Um, everyone just – for a, a group that had a defensive line that is not good, uh, they were getting way too consistent uh, in pressure, even if they were just rushing three. Uh, the only person who had a good game would be Cooper Beebe because I don't think Cooper Beebe is capable of having a bad game, uh, not at this stage in his career, no matter where he plays. But there's no reason why the Oklahoma State defensive line, who showed absolutely nothing the entire year, should have done anything against this offensive line. And if you were to chalk up most disappointing group on the year, it would be the offensive line. This is a deserved F. Yeah, I I gave him an F too, which really sucks because they were finally hitting their stride as a unit and then this happened and then they stubbed their toe which just what an unbelievable step back that is kind of flying under the radar i think in terms of people's disappointment uh with this game i've not seen a lot of discourse about the offensive line i think there should be more and that wow they were just awful uh I'm not going to use it as an excuse for Will at all. I do not mean this to excuse his uh, game at all. Will will get an F regardless of this happening. But the offensive line did not do Will any favors. 
Uh, they definitely made life harder for him. They were mostly responsible for that fourth down, uh, bat down at the line from Colin Oliver as well. And Owen oh, Gilly launching the ball like 20 yards back. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, and the yeah the uh, <sighs> I, I actually completely forgot about that too. Uh, the bad snap, or and not only not only the bad snap, but it was uh, mistimed uh, completely. It was uh, offensive line top to bottom was pretty terrible. Uh, BB kind of the exception, which we've come to expect. Uh, he had a really key block on Will's long run to have a, at least a positive. Uh, which he was good on that play. Panzer had a solid ceiling block on that play as well, but otherwise wasn't fantastic. But yeah, they were generally getting blown up by a defensive front that isn't very good. And what does that say about our offensive line? They're not very good. Yeah, at least right now, they're not playing like they're very good. Uh, we've been told all offseason that they are really good and that they're a great unit that's going to do great things for us. And we've seen that in small chunks and in a couple of games so far. I do believe they can be good, but they're not showing the desire right now to be good. So I think that's where I stand with them. They're, I don't think they're inherently an awful unit, but they're playing like an awful unit, if, if that makes sense. So they earned their F, absolutely. Oh, no, they earned it. Uh, defensive line for me, disappointing again uh, against an offensive line that is also not very good. I ended up giving them a D- because they really did kind of help clamp down against the run later. But the lack of any sacks against a less-than-mobile Allen Bowman and a really bad offensive line, even if Allen Bowman refused to hold on to the ball for more than three nanoseconds, uh, it's still really disappointing. I gave them a D-. minus. I gave them a C-. minus. I guess that's probably our biggest disparity on the day. Uh, but I still was not happy with them at all. They played a below-average game. They were awful in the pass rush. Uh, I They were pretty good in run defense late. Uh, but for the most part, they were really disappointing as a unit. Brendan Mott kind of quietly had an all-right day. Hmm. But Khalid Duke was a non-factor. Uso was all right in run-stopping later in the game. Nate Matlick was a non-factor. Uh, Cody Stuffelbean might as well have not even been on the field. Uh it was just a really rough game for a unit that we have high expectations for year in, year out. Uh, and it just, it just wasn't there uh, for them. So C-, minus, just pretty disappointing. Yeah. Uh, linebackers, I ended up giving a C+, because, again, they were kind of the key unit to clamping down on the run the back half. Uh, Austin Romaine still making a few freshman mistakes, which, who would have guessed, he's a true freshman. Uh, he's getting sucked up into some run plays, banding in his gap, trying to make the home run play. I expect that from a true freshman, and that's something that Daniel Green did. So, um, just a lot of a lot of the linebacker play kind of just comes down to them being pedestrian to good, uh, with like a few major mistakes. So I think that's the C plus. I give them a B minus. Uh, pretty similar reasons. Uh, especially kind of earlier in the game, I, I felt like Austin Romaine was really struggling, but he kind of figured it out down the stretch, uh, sort of similar to how he did against UCF. Um, but all in all, they all made mistakes at one point or another. Uh, Desmond Purnell, at least a couple of times, completely overran a play, uh, but he still made some solid plays too. So they were pretty hit and miss up and down throughout the night, but they weren't bad at all, so I gave him a B-. minus. Yeah. Yeah, whoever asked the defensive backs to be better, yeah, the monkey's paw curled on that one. Yeah. 
because uh, they were they were better even without Jacob Parrish and even with uh, Will Lee going down with I don't think they ever said but if I had to guess it's probably a concussion um, so hopefully he's his brain heals quickly <laughs> the Wolverine brain but the defensive backs have the best have the best day uh, some of it obviously I can't give him an A. Um, they still allowed 230 yards to Alan Bowman, but a lot of that was just them getting put, hey, you're going to play 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. I don't like that idea. Oh, that's a damn shit. Well, that's too damn bad. <laughs> um, uh, Justice James played a really solid game in relief. Uh, Keenan Garber, you know, hats off to Keenan Garber for playing well in a substitution for Jacob Parrish, who was out. Uh, Kobe Savage finally getting back into stride after having another solid game last week. A really slow start. Uh, VJ, solid game. Uh, I We've kind of dunked on him a lot, so I feel it's necessary to say that Sieg's, Marquis Siegel, had a very good game. Um, other than one mistake, which you could say it wasn't even his fault, playing <laughs> 10 yards off the line of scrimmage against an, like a 9 or 8 yard out. That's just going to happen. you know. That's unfortunate, but it happens. I ended up giving them just like a B. I gave them a B as well. Um, the safeties as a whole, I thought this was their best game on the year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is at least one lone positive that we can draw from this game, is that the safeties were pretty good. Um, the corners, I think, did the best they could have been expected to, and they definitely got picked on a little bit earlier in the game, especially once Will Lee went out. But they really settled in and actually did fairly decently. And Keenan Garber had a few solid moments in coverage. Justice James, like you said, was pretty admirable. No uh, gloves, no swag. <laughs> Justice James wearing no gloves, D. nothing D. Cody on his Stuffelbean. arms. <laughs> the default NCAA recruit with no gear at all. But he still came out and played well. Uh, so I'm glad that there's a unit that did at least have a pretty good game. It was definitely not the corner's best game on the year, but it was certainly the safety's best game on the year. Uh, Kobe Savage, I thought, was really good in this game. Uh, Siegel was really good. And VJ Payne had uh, probably not his best game of the year, but because I think he's individually had some pretty good games on his own. Uh, but he also collectively had a positive game, I think. Uh, so a B for the defensive backs. Uh they mostly did their job. Um, Oklahoma State just lived off of short stuff, and they denied the deep ball for the most part. Um, so all things considered, a surprisingly good day for the defensive backs, given the quality of the rest of the game. Uh, but the safeties do deserve some credit for how they played. Uh, and then, of course, a huge shout-out to Keenan Garber and Justice James for how they played in such a difficult situation. But... Yeah. So it wasn't enough, but they did step up. Yeah, that's all you could ask them to do. We already went over the coordinators, so now we get into MVPs. Uh, there are no offensive MVPs. Y'all can't behave. Uh, Kobe Savage is my defensive MVP. Yeah, I think I'll agree on that. Actually, I'll, I'll say uh, Marquis Siegel just to differentiate, but it's either it's one of those two, I think, and there's no other options really. Nope. Uh, eh, more, but oh yeah, I guess. Um, so, uh, here's the ultimate question, uh, that we're probably going to spend like 10, 15 minutes on, uh, how concerned are we about this team? Do we think this, this is like an apparition, uh, something that we can't expect again? Uh, or, or do we think that we're just, just an okay team? 
I have no idea what to really think about it because we, I think Oklahoma State might have been in a similar boat to some other teams where they really uh, kind of went into their bag of tricks uh, for this game. We're everyone's Super Bowl. We might, we might actually be. <laughs> Plus, they have, I mean, that's not an excuse at all, but it did really seem like, especially early in the game, that Mike Gundy and whoever his offensive coordinator is, Kitley? I think it's Kitley. Yeah. Uh, is that, he's either there or, or Tech, whatever. But Actually, Zach Kitley, I think, is a Tech. Okay. Then I don't know who his OC is, and I don't really care. But <laughs> Don't care. Yeah, so they uh, were really delving into their bag of tricks early. A lot of misdirection, which was a fair play, because it does work against us normally. It's worked against us for years. Yeah, it's just uh, kind of... I'm not going to say this is what to expect going forward. Um, because we have seen complete 180s from climbing teams before. Uh, we've seen them do well in 2021 after a rough start. Granted, different level of competition. But we, we've still seen them bounce back from a tough spot. Uh, going down to Lubbock, True. you know, some a positive way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> I spent a lot of time talking about this, I guess, earlier, uh, kind of adjacent to the quarterback situation. Um, I'm preventing myself from being concerned right now because I'm not someone that generally becomes concerned by one game unless it's really extreme. And while the offense was probably extremely bad. Uh, that is something that can really vary week to week. And uh, the defense, I thought, was okay. Uh, it's a below average. But they weren't extremely bad in this game, I wouldn't say. And I think that I would be much more concerned. I think you and I both have this line of thought uh, on if it becomes a pattern. If we are consistently or if we spend the next couple weeks dropping games uh, in similar fashions, then, yeah, that's that's going to be something different. That's going to change things. But we've kind of been due for a really bad game for a while. Yeah, because the last, like, terrible game was Tulane last year. I don't even count the Sugar Bowl because I don't think that that would... I think that that could have happened to anybody. Yeah, I think we did about the best we could in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> And we had a, a few mistakes just not quite bounce our way. But I'm not pulling the alarm bells on the staff. I'm not saying we should bench Will yet. I'm not saying we need to completely clean house and change everything and burn the stadium down. And hire Ron yeah. Prince back. And hire Ron Prince back. <laughs> I, I kid you not, I saw somebody say that this was the worst coaching job that they had ever seen uh, at K-State, and they included Ron Prince in that statement. And... <laughs> they definitely were not eight years old watching K State lose <laughs> Nebraska seventy to like twenty eight. I cried that day. <laughs> this was not that bad. No, there. I, I guess that's kind of where the majority of my frustration comes from. Is that sports Twitter is going to be hyperbolic and reactionary, and I'm, I'm generally not that person. So it's like oil and water for me. I just don't mix with that, and. So that's where most of my annoyances come from. But it's also hard to invalidate those viewpoints because, I mean, this was a bad game. But that doesn't mean the season's going to be bad. Now, if we continue to do this, we'll talk. And (laughs) I might join you. But 
let's wait and see, let it play out, and not be so eager to jump the gun so we can say that we were right about the season being lost and Kleiman being a KU secret agent or something like that. God. So let's <coughs> give it give it a couple weeks, maybe to the end of October. I think we'll know the majority of what we need to know about this team by the end of this month. And so let's give it some time, wait and see. I There is concern in my mind, but it is not existential dread. So <laughs> let's, let's just wait and see. Yeah, so here, here's my stance on this. Is um, I, I don't want to flagrantly steal from a Scott Wildcat here, but if you want to be technical, there's still a chance for us to go to Arlington. And I don't mean that necessarily in the pure copium sense. I mean that quite literally there is still a chance. Um, season isn't over based off of one loss in the same way that it wasn't over when we had a non-con loss to Missouri who ended up you know, being surprisingly good, uh, which I still don't understand happening given that Eli Drinkwitz still has a play-calling sheet. But this is back against the wall time. And we saw last year the team performed really well with its back up against the wall. And it was in games where they had those expectations of going in and winning that they tended to perform the worst. Uh, it was in those games that they had those, you know, clutch moments where they, they needed to win. Like they, they were at any point after the TCU game last season, one loss away from the season not resulting in Arlington. And that's when they played their best football. Like they played their best football after the Texas game. And yeah, you know, some of that coincided with Will being in the game, but just generally the team seemed to have a sort of swagger about them. Like that, yeah, we're living on the edge, but we can survive this. And I think that that has to be the message in the locker room now. You know, we had a really bad game. We had a really bad loss. What we need to do is focus on winning the rest of our games because you can't let the same team beat you again. You can't let losses stack up on top of one another. And if we lay another egg up against Tech, yeah, Arlington hopes are dead. They're they're dead. Uh, I'm going to just lay that out there flagrantly right now. You lose to Texas Tech and Lubbock, you're screwed. There's no way that you're going to go to Arlington um, unless Texas completely wets the bed during the back part of the year. Still technically possible. Uh, oh, and also the people saying that we're automatically going to lose to KU, I think are exceedingly silly, even though it is, you know, uh, I, ju I just wanted a place to throw that out there. People chalking it up as an auto loss. I don't think they've watched many of KU's like games. They just kind of look at the scores. But um, yeah, I, I think that Kleiman knows that this is just big time nut up or shut up time for this team. I think the team knows that they can't buy into their own hype anymore. No one gives a shit about them being the the uh, champions last year. It's, you know, sort of uh, what have you done for me recently kind of thing. But, you know, I team has their back up against the wall. Let's see how they respond to it. And I think that this is a team that can respond really well to it. Yeah, I completely agree. Which, uh, I, I really don't have a whole lot else to 
really say about this week. I, I think we've covered most of it. I think we've gone through the the drudgery that it was this game. I'm glad that we can put this week behind us because it is time to, <laughs> to move on. Uh, I, I don't want to spend all week uh, reminiscing about this game. Oh. So it, we just got to move on and get ready to go for um, our next game against Texas Tech. Yep, Texas Tech down in Lubbock. Lubbock's another scary place, uh, but they're down to their backup quarterback, Baron Morton, who I keep calling Brock Morton and probably will do so on the preview episode, call it. Uh, <laughs> but Texas Tech, you know, their record may not be that of this uh, this unbeatable team. I'll tell you something right now. Tech has just kind of gotten unlucky. <laughs> um, and sometimes unlucky streaks tend to break into lucky streaks. Uh, Texas Tech is a team fully capable of beating us. Uh, there's not a doubt in my mind that if we go in with the same attitude we had up against Oklahoma State, we're going to get ran for our phones. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. Do you have any final thoughts? Nope, I've had too many already. Yeah, I, I, I broke the good noodle streak. I'm, I'm proud of you for not doing so. I don't think you've ever done. No, I don't think I ever have. I never will. You're a better man than I. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow us or contact the show, where you can follow us just about anywhere at Aggieville ACATS. And if you want to email us, we're Aggieville Alley Cats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us more personally, I'm at ACEdward00. I'm at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store. Link in our podcast bio or our Twitter bio as well. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.